sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Back here on The Big Show, Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris Mitchell with you here on this Monday, KTGR and KTGR. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to dive into the weeds on Mizzou and where they may end up this bowl season. Obviously, a lot of possibilities and pretty much all of them good ones. So which matchup would you want, Tigers fans? Give us a call or a text, 573-875-KTGR. We'll talk some Chiefs at 525 as Kansas City uh, survived a little bit of an early mishap in that Raiders game to end up blowing out Las Vegas. And then we'll talk some Cardinals at 545 as the St. Louis Cardinals have a new starting pitcher. Yeah, another one. Their third this offseason as Sonny Gray agrees to become a Cardinal. All that coming up on the show. Once again, the number to text in, 573-875-KTGR. But first, we'll go to the Andy with this. It's time for the top five at five on the big show. Number one. You want to trade away for curtain number one, you can have curtain one. Well, that is how you finish a regular season. Mizzou went to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and did not mess around. They were up 20 to nothing at half. They were up 41 to nothing at the end of the third quarter. Final score was 48 to 14. The Tigers absolutely stomped on the Razorbacks on both sides of the football. Cody Schrader ran all over the place. Tristan Newson covered the field all over the place. Jake Jernigan scooped and scored a touchdown in the third to add to that big lead and the Tigers had a resounding victory to get to 10 and 2 overall in the season it's the fifth time in program history that they have gotten 10 regular season wins and that should mean a new year six bowl coming up very soon where will it be well we'll talk about maybe some of those scenarios coming up in just a little bit number two number two your timing is impeccable And as far as the rest of the college football weekend, you know, I was kind of talking with Bill Connolly uh, off air here uh, on the big show on KTGR, and he was saying, yeah, it's been very entertaining chalk all all season long in college football. And that's kind of what it was this weekend. Some teams got some scares. Florida State struggled with uh, Florida, of course, with their backup quarterback. Georgia didn't necessarily resoundingly defeat uh, Georgia Tech on the road. But all those teams kind of stood pat, and we have a scenario where if – Everybody wins the games that they should this weekend, and we should have a pretty straightforward top four in the CFP. But the chaos scenarios still exist, and we'll see what happens coming up during championship weekend. Number three. three. Good to see the Chiefs get back on track. Certainly wasn't looking that way early in the game when they were down 14-0. But they went to Vegas and got a 31-17 victory over the Raiders, outscoring the Raiders 31-3 31-3 to after falling behind in that early deficit. And good to see Rashi Rice break the 100-yard receiving mark, too. Had a long touchdown of 39 yards to help uh, with the lead there as the Chiefs get to 8-3, and tied for second in the AFC, and a good stabilizing win before they go to Green Bay, probably a tougher place to play on Sunday night this week. Number four. Oh, it's shanked it. It's official now. He was just introduced this afternoon. Sonny Gray as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, the AL Cy Young finalist last year, reportedly signing a three-year, $75 million deal to add to the Cardinals' rotation. So you got Gray, Miles Michaelis, Stephen Matz, and then signees Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn for the rotation. Who knows? Maybe there could be more to tweak. Number five. What is the five? 
There are a lot of dysfunctional sport organizations out there, but I charge you to find one more dysfunctional than the Carolina Panthers. That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR if you want to give us a call or a text. Uh, so there there could be a lot of... Uh, we could go on and on about how dysfunctional some of these teams are, but the Panthers are probably well up the list now. And uh, the latest news today kind of shows the innards of that. So I think Frank Reich deserved a better chance, but who who, who knows? But Bryce Young it looks like a bust so far. So I don't know if there's a coach that can fix that. Maybe there is, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's um, it's one of those cases where it's still pretty early in his rookie year, but he hasn't really looked special. And if we were going to see it. Would we have seen it by now with C.J. Stroud? Like, we've seen some of the signs, right? And I think already you can probably say Stroud would have been the pick over Bryce Young, but that's not the direction, uh, obviously, that, that they went. So I still think anybody it, would look good on this Panthers team, no matter who. That's the thing. Like, I'm not ready to write off Bryce Young necessarily, but he has not ascended to a level where it's like, oh, he can overcome all of these things and the dysfunction of the organization and sometimes it all it is all about landing spot, right? Like we we talk about Mitchell Trubisky, you know, the Bears drafted Trubisky instead of Mahomes, but I mean in reality we don't necessarily know like just pretend you would have switched those two guys' spots in the organizations that they were in. It's not to say that Trubisky would have been better than Mahomes, but it just kind of goes to show you like we really don't know how much the development aspect of this is either helped or hindered by the environment that you're in, and, and it can hurt you to be in a bad organization and an organization that doesn't really have any sense of direction with it. So that may be the thing with Bryce Young. I'm not willing to write him off completely just yet, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great, and it's hard to imagine with you know that draft pick that they could certainly use to improve things with another talented player. It's not going to be there next year. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine how they're going to turn things around quickly when they they keep changing the guy in charge of it every year. That that's for starters. We'll see what happens uh, in Carolina, but not looking great today. 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us, let us know who you want to see in Mizzou's bowl matchup coming up later this winter. Tigers are 10-2. and They're waiting to see where they'll be placed. We'll find out sometime Sunday afternoon, most likely after the CFP rankings get released one final time. The semifinals are set, and then everybody else gets their invites. But... What bowl matchup would you want to see? We have this question on our Facebook page, too, facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Uh, you can answer it there. You can text us at 875-KTGR. But, Brendan, where and who? Let's ask Andy Staples. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's not ask Andy Staples. Andy Staples. He's, Look, he's with On3. Is that the deal with this guy? He is guy? with On3, yeah. Which is like a media publication. And it, he's been putting out these... I don't know if you can even call them predictions or projections. Like, it it's just nonsense is what he's been putting out there. Because if I were trying to accurately predict what the New Year's Six Bowls were going to be, I would probably start by looking at the rankings. And then if I wanted to get a little creative and say, well, I predict that this team is going to beat this team, which is going to change the rankings in this way, then that would be a way to come up with like an actual prediction slash projection system. Missouri is ranked above teams like Ole Miss and Penn State, but this guy for on three has continued to not 
predict Missouri to a New Year's Six Bowl and have those teams in there instead. It makes no sense because the season's over for Missouri. Like, there's nowhere else... There's nowhere for them to lose ground on these teams. He's essentially saying that, oh, well, the, the committee's going to go back and they're going to look at the resumes and they're going to change their minds. No, really? they're not. No, they're not. That's, that's like, completely ridiculous. Look, I, I get anyway. it. You, you are a listener to this show, which means you know for sure that guys named Andy are not very smart. But That's a fair point. I mean, come on, Andy. Let's, making let's, us look bad. Making us look the, bad. Rest of the Andes. Come on. Here. So Ole Miss is going to New York Six Bowl because Oxford is very beautiful in October. That's my take. <laughs> uh, sure. Pr- cut it, print it, hit send. That's, that's what it is. Um, yeah, don't ask him, but ask somebody else. Uh, where, where do you think they'll, they'll be going? I mean, Cotton Bowl is a very real possibility. Peach Bowl, too. Fiesta. Because 40. there's no tie-ins, right? Like, to be clear, between None of those the three Cotton have Bowl tie-ins. or the Peach Bowl... You know, with with the Rose Bowl being part of the CFP playoff this year, and the that Sugar obviously changes it. The Sugar Bowl changes it from the SEC perspective. But do you you know the answer to this? All of the teams that win a conference championship in the main five, the Power Five, they get a New Year's Six Bowl. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. Okay. Even though the Rose Bowl is typically the Big Ten versus the Pac-12, and that obviously is going to be taken up by the CFP playoffs. Let's say Iowa beats Michigan. Iowa gets a spot, right? It's almost yeah. like an automatic qualifier in the yep. NCAA tournament. Yep. You you win one of those. You win the MAC conference tournament in college basketball. You get a spot, regardless of where you're ranked. Obviously, for this, there are way fewer teams involved, and therefore fewer automatic qualifying bids. But those five, and then one group of five, the highest ranked in the CFP, those teams are guaranteed it. So let's start here. Is there a way this could go? disastrously wrong for Missouri, and they don't make a the New way Year's Six. The way it happens is if Iowa wins, Louisville yes. wins, yes, and Oklahoma State wins. All three yes. of those things have to happen in order for Mizzou to fall out. And the thing is, like they, they would be in the Citrus Bowl at that point. They really can't fall any further down than that, I don't think. Like, that's and the even. Th- and even if those three things happened, it's not guaranteed because if Oklahoma State beats Texas, how is two loss Texas viewed compared to Missouri? If Georgia blows out Alabama, how is Alabama viewed? Because those teams are just barely above sure. Missouri right now. So even if those three things happen, it's not guaranteed Missouri would get boxed out. It's likely, though, because you don't necessarily see the committee punishing teams that did make their conference championship and losing uh, unless they really get blown out, that could be in Missouri's favor if Georgia wins by a bunch against Bama. It, it almost was. Well, I mean, Alabama lost the Iron I mean, Bowl. Alabama is but... is right next to Mizzou in the rankings, so it wouldn't be that far it, of a drop for them to be no. ranked below Missouri. You know, what's your score where you go? Yeah, I think Mizzou hops Bama. What's your SEC championship score where you would not be surprised to see I that? Mean... Couple touchdowns, sure. More, yeah. It, it wouldn't take much. I mean, it's it, it's a loss, so you got to drop them some way. I mean, I, I suppose to. you don't have to, but it's, you don't you have know. to. But again, yeah, they Mizzou is nine; they're eight. Mizzou will be idled next weekend. Yeah, Missouri played Georgia tough at Georgia. They lost by nine. It, it really, I think, it was closer than that score indicated. Missouri gave them. Gave Georgia the toughest test until Georgia Tech. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Georgia was. I think they were. Hey, it was on the road. Georgia Tech. I suppose if you want to call that a road game in Georgia Tech. To your point, I mean, 
I think Missouri had the most impressive performance of any team against Georgia this year when you consider that that was on the road for Missouri. That was in Athens yeah. that Missouri took them to the brink. And it seemed to me that when the college football rankings came out, the playoff rankings, and we saw Missouri having held serve and played Georgia pretty tough and Ole Miss maybe not doing the same, it seemed that that had an impact on those initial rankings. So I feel like Bama losing by you know, 16, 17, 20 points to Georgia could maybe have a similar impact in favor of Missouri. But I, I don't really know how much of an impact that will actually have, Andy, on which New Year's Six Bowl Mizzou goes to. Because at that point, the committee is just kind of playing matchmaker, right? Is there any specific criteria to who would go where to play whom? The only New Year's Six that isn't a semifinal that has tie-ins is the Orange Bowl. And, and that that's is, ACC. And it's ACC versus Big Ten slash SEC. So and I think slash Notre Dame as well, but that's not relevant. Yeah, here. I don't think Notre Dame's being considered here. But right. um, that is most likely going to Ohio State. Now, if you have the scenario where Ohio State somehow backs their way into the playoff, if you have some teams fall out of right. the top four, and Ohio State and Michigan are in, and let's say Alabama loses and Mizzou hops them, that would be the only way that Mizzou gets to the Orange Bowl. Now let me ask you this. Florida State makes the playoff. Does the Orange Bowl still have to be ACC? Yes. It would be the next highest-ranked ACC team that is not in the playoff, so that would then be Louisville. So Louisville doesn't even have to beat Florida State then. They're going to a New Year's Six Bowl is what you're telling me. Most likely, yeah. There's no that's other ACC kind of, team. That's, well, that's a little yeah. bit brutal then. So really all that has to happen for Mizzou to get boxed out is Iowa beating Michigan and no. Oklahoma State beating Texas. No, look, they, they, you don't. They, that's going to be a tie. There's there's enough spots for Mizzou, even if Louisville is is in. They would have a tie-in, and the, that would be fine. If Louisville that's wins that, though. True. But no, no, if Louisville wins that game, okay. then that means... Both Louisville and Florida State could take up a non-playoff New Year's Six spot, and then you're getting into trouble. Like, one okay. of those ACC teams is going to be in. So, Ed, I don't think it matters that much to Mizzou's case. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work this through, though, because Louisville beating Florida State, they're getting to the Orange Bowl, and Florida State's getting an at-large, but they're yeah. probably not going to the playoff. Correct. Yeah. Florida State beats Louisville. They're probably they're still the, ranked higher. They're going now. to the they're, they're going, going to the playoffs. Playoff, yes. And Louisville's going to the Orange Bowl. It's yeah. the same. Yeah. They're those two are taking up spots anyway. So back to my original well, one point. One of them is in the playoff, though. It doesn't matter. It's still one of the twelve spots. There's only twelve there's only twelve teams that are going to get to play a playoff or a New Year's six that's non playoff variety. The ACC outcome doesn't matter. It sounds like both Florida State and Louisville are going to be in that group of twelve that are playing a New Year's six game. I don't think there's any way around it. If the ACC has to get somebody, the only way around it is if Oregon beats Washington and they leave an undefeated Florida State out of the top four. Then Florida State would go to the Orange Bowl and Louisville would be out. That's the only way that you're not getting Louisville into a New Year's Six or whoever the highest-ranked ACC sure. is. I don't know who else there is down there. I mean, I don't think that's happening. I think if Florida State wins, they're in. Like, that's you're my not, point. Then. You're not keeping out a... Uh, an undefeated conference champ. Correct. So there is no scenario where Louisville or uh, there's not two ACC taking up those 12, uh, 
in those 12. There's no outcome. Okay, but but again, like it's not the, the that's one of the I know. many scenarios. So let's, so let's go to the other ones though. All that has to happen for Mizzou to get boxed out is Iowa beating Michigan and Oklahoma State beating Texas. That's all that has to happen because the two ACC are in already. And we were counting that among the things that would have to happen to go against Missouri, but I that is not the case if Louisville gets to be in the Orange Bowl even if they lose sure, the okay. ACC championship game. So there's two things that can mess it up for Missouri. Oklahoma State win, Iowa win, Missouri is out. I think that's accurate, unless they happen to hop Bama or Texas um, as a result of their conference championship games. But the thing I was going to tease is that I don't see any way Iowa beats Michigan. I see absolutely no, no I don't, chance I don't of either. Iowa beat. Yeah. So that's why I feel a little bit comfortable, even though it's with that ACC thing, I didn't realize the tie-in was going to go against Mizzou in that way until we started talking through it. But there's Again, no way I Iowa think beats it's, Michigan. Uh, but then you're talking about the SEC tie-in, like if it's, you know. I don't think you are. I, I, no, I am. Um, it's the, There's an SEC tie-in if Ohio State and, uh, like, let's say Louisville wins. Right. Then, then Ohio State probably has a pretty good chance of getting into the playoff. And so if Perhaps. if Alabama loses by enough to drop behind Missouri, then Missouri's in the in the Orange Bowl because that would be their tie-in. They would be, would be above. Yeah, so they'd be the top ranking. I think it SEC works out to where team. you're rooting for Florida State this weekend. I think more so than Louisville. Oh. I think there is some merit to that game. I just don't think it matters though it, for Mizzou. But, but Florida can, State taking it up and at large still kind of muddies the waters. Um, I think, as far as me wanting a matchup, Texas is intriguing. I mean, obviously, yeah. folks would probably be tired by it because they faced Texas in a bowl not too long ago. And they're it coming didn't go to the that conference. well. They're coming to like, the conference. <laughs> I get it. it. I'm just strictly looking at the teams, and I'm thinking there could be a lot of points there. It could be an be entertaining game. Yeah, it'd be a yes. fun, fun matchup. And most likely in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, there would be a lot of Texans, Texas fans there, but that's also very favorable to Mizzou travel-wise. It's very close in proximity relative to some of the other spots. So I'd be fine with that. Penn State's very interesting. Mizzou and yeah. Penn State had very similar seasons. Like they were trying to compete. They they had a window to the college. They had a path to the college football playoff. 100%. In, in a very key game that they had to have, just fell a little bit short, and they, but they still cleaned up against a lot of their schedule in, in a lot of different ways. That offense for Mizzou against the defense for Penn State, whoo, I'm ready to see that. Be who, compelling. Who who can win that matchup? That'd be something else. In which bowl would that be, or does it really matter? I mean, it. Peach that bowl could be doesn't. that could be Peach Bowl most likely. Yeah. Um, it could also be Cotton, I suppose. But I don't know. Cotton Bowl might want Texas no matter what if they have a chance at them. Probably so. Um, but, Almost no doubt. Yeah. So it, most likely that would happen in the Peach Bowl. But that's you a know what? very interesting matchup. That would be very compelling, but is it, what I predict will happen is Tulane. I don't know what bowl they'd have to send Mizzou to to make him play Tulane. That's just my expectation that Mizzou would just kind of get the like the throw together last minute kind of matchup. Um, like Alabama Tulane is what the world deserves, I think. But whatever, <laughs> yeah, Tulane, I can deserve that. What are you talking about? No, Come on. What did you, I think Tulane would love nothing more than to have a, a crack at Alabama. They yeah. got to play USC last year. They beat them. They beat them in the in that bowl game. I think Alabama Tulane, like for Bama, you've played every brand. You've gotten to have all the fun. Let the let the big brands battle it out a little bit and let Mizzou get to play one of those big brands. So I'm getting a little bit greedy. I think Penn State would be fantastic. 
My assumption it'll is it'll be Tulane. It'll still be a great time, but it'll be a little disappointing. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see something crazy. Like I want to see them concoct a way to get it to be like the loser of Washington, Oregon, or get it to be Ohio State even with a little bit of craziness because all that would have to happen for Ohio State to miss would be. But they would be tied. But then they would be chalk. tied into the Orange Bowl. That's where they would go, and then they play the ACC team. Yeah. So I need. I need, that's why I'm saying like, what's the level of chaos that I need for that? Which it seems very unlikely. Mm, based yeah. On the I don't tie-ins. know if any level of chaos would would probably do that. I. That would be. That would require Michigan both Michigan and. But that, that would be what either. it is. That would be both <laughs> Michigan and Ohio State missing the playoff, which I don't think is happening. Like, right. And then it would take. Well, then, then Mizzou would really be in trouble in terms of making a New Year's Six game. But that that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I think. But what about the Pac-12 one? Because that is that. Is there a? a I don't think that of, has any impact. Like the winner's going to be in the playoff. The loser will play in a New Year's Six, most likely the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, I don't think that has any. But impact what's on. the Fiesta Bowl tie-in? That's what I'm asking. There's none. There's exactly. it's all it's all at large. Like, so you so could play. You could play there. Let me have the loser of that game in the Fiesta Bowl. Would be my That'd ideal. Be interesting. I don't sure. care who it is either. Oregon be fun, Washington, Washington. be cool. super fun. So either of those would be my preference. But I'd, a Penn, Penn State, I would absolutely take because it would mean it's not Tulane, which is kind of my fear. Yeah. All right, eight seven five KTGR. If you want to call or text us, tell us what you want to see in a bowl matchup. Old Jay is here on the KTGR hotline. Old Jay, who do you want to see in the bowl game? Okay, so first off, Saturday night on Twitter between Michigan leading. Um, the whole coaching carousel of Texas A&M and everything was fun. And Chris's favorite wrestler coming back to WWE, Twitter was just That's a right, baby. ton of fun yeah, on Saturday. I, I suppose so, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> second of all, I want it to be Ohio State for the pure and simple reason that I would do two Tiger Tales. Oh, I would do one for the radio that would be FCC. Okay. Oh no. And then I do another one that would be so profanity laced that, yeah, you think you'd be watching like George Carlin or Sam Kennison or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But no. In all honesty, as long as it is not Tulane or Texas, I'm okay. And for the love of Pete Ole Miss, you're not getting in an all. You're not getting into a New Year's Six over Mizzou. Your two losses are by a combined 49 points which is 30 points more than Mizzou lost by. And, by, oh, by the way, you barely beat Arkansas. And can we just – I'm actually very surprised Pittman still has a job because yeah. that team did not want to be there. And you could tell that pretty quick. And if I'm a coach, I'm going, hey, guys, we can make it to 5-7 and seven and maybe get into a bowl. And – those guys just they they wanted to be anywhere else but that field, and that to me that's flat out coaching. And for an offensive line coach, uh, Missouri had thirteen tackles for loss in the game. Yeah, thirteen. I was just it was I honestly thought it was hard to watch, and I'm sitting there watching. So I'm like, this is a train wreck. I can't take my eyes off. But yeah, but no. As far as as far as bowls. Just anybody but Texas and Tulane, and if it's Ohio State, that would be more fun. Penn State would be fun, too, because I think we'd beat the crap out of them, and it would be a big name. Oh, and did you see that the spread for Michigan-Iowa game is almost as big as most of the over-unders for most of the Iowa games? 
Oh no! <laughs> oh boy! She Unfortunately, yeah, I was, but I was not going to score. So that's uh, that's how it should be. Appreciate the call, Jay, here on the Big Show KTGR. Yeah, I gotta say, like, it wasn't just how Arkansas was playing through that game, but also like if you listen to Sam Pittman afterwards, I think he was asked some some sort of question along the lines of, you know, how do you kickstart moments? How do you how do you get things back into a positive direction? How do you turn it around from this? And he's yeah, they didn't like, finish strong. Yeah, and he's kind of like, I don't know. That's legitimately what he said. I don't he know. Said, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know if I like the direction. And then that. I think he said, "Let me take a question from anybody else." <laughs> right. Yeah. I think. He, yeah. I think he was like, just looking around. One, to the, yeah. Not you. Yeah. Oh, you can ask the next question. Eight seven five KTGR to call or text us. Let's go to Brad here on the KTGR hotline. Brad, where you want to play in the bowl game? Guys, you never want to take my call, right? Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm going to tell you first off, Chris. Brennan and Andy, I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too. And, and Brennan, I hope you had some coleslaw. Listen, um, right now, all I know is I just want to play in a big bowl game, and I want Mizzou to be on the, the mouth of the big wigs. I want, what I mean by that is I want them to say Mizzou's name when it comes to the big six. I want that, that bowl game. And I like the talks of Peach Bowl and all that. But I also want to say one last thing. I really, really enjoyed after the Arkansas game when Drinkowitz took a moment and grabbed Cody and he said, this guy right here, stop making this about a feel-good story. This guy right here should be Heisman talk. And you know what? He's right. And the reason he isn't is because, you know, sometimes we, we get looked over. I, I, I know some people will disagree, but Cody Schrader, holy crap. I mean, that guy is a beast, and it is a good story, but he's done it, and Mizzou has done it, and they need to be rewarded. I know we're in contention for the offensive line rewards. We're in the contention for wide receiver with Burden and Brady Cook. You know, it's all deserving, but they need to give us a big game, and we deserve it, and when we get it, I can't wait till they say Mizzou Tigers after that game. Beautiful. Yeah. Appreciate it, Brad. Thanks for calling here on the Big Show KTGR. I, I'm glad Drinkwood said it, too, even if he doesn't get consideration like it did need to be said. Uh, that's the most important thing because that's what he's doing. That's what Cody Schrader's doing. He's putting himself in the conversation. Yeah, I think so. And, and again, if your head coach isn't going to be the guy to back you up and the Local radio program not going to be the guys to back you up. I don't know who should be. Right. Uh, so I'm echoing everything Drinkwood said. And again, he deserves to be on that stage, whether he wins it and you can parse that out. I, again, I think Jaden Daniels deserving winner. But if you're talking about the honor of of being in that select handful that's picked to be there and be a finalist, I I think he qualifies for that. Cody Schrader, eight seven five KTGR. Call or text us. Let's go to Mady here on the KTGR hotline before we go to break. Mady, what's up? Hey, buddy, how you doing? Doing good. Let me tell you something. I think you're a special friend, Brendan. Every day he called, what is his name? O.J. Mojo. I think he had too much cranberry sauce. Oh, no. If you play Ohio State, make us mashed potato. I want to give you one scenario, Mr. Brandon. If Alabama beat Georgia, I think it would be. And Oregon beat Washington. And Louisville beat uh, Florida State. State. Yeah. If Michigan win it, who's going there? 
Think about that. You pick up Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. Who's going to win it? If Alabama beat Georgia, Alabama's in us. Check my word. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah. Speak up. If if Alabama beats Georgia, you say they're in the college football playoff? Yes, sir. 100%. Interesting. It, probably, yeah. I, I, I can see with the case. other results that Mady said there. Even, I can see that. Brandon, even yeah. Texas beat Oklahoma State. If Alabama beat Georgia because they beat number one seed. Yeah. Right. Okay. They would jump over, they would jump over beat, Texas. Well, listen, if Oregon beat Washington, those has one loss. Alabama has lost one. Georgia has lost one. If Michigan right. undefeated, if for the salute for Zabia, they pick up Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Michigan. Don't you think? I think it's possible. I think would they punish, would, would Bama beating Georgia be enough to basically jump from three spots behind Oregon. I don't know. It would be close. Because Texas, I know, beat, I'm football. I watch all stuff. I'm not, I don't go to the game because we were drinking. They don't know who played. I, if even Texas beat second week Alabama for Scalusa, but if Texas beat Oklahoma State, Oklahoma is low rank, but if Alabama beat number one. Yeah. That'd be hard don't to beat. Yeah. And Oregon beat Georgia because Oregon lost by three points at Washington. Remember that? Right. Yeah, close game. Yeah, I mean, there, there could like be it. a lot that uh, that happens there. Appreciate it, Mady, here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. What do you think about that? Because I could see, like, the question is, right now, Oregon's number six, Alabama's number eight. I know Texas beat Alabama, Mady mentioning that. But I would, I would agree that a win over Georgia, if you're Bama, is enough to pass Texas, even if Texas beats Oklahoma State. There's nothing Texas could do about that. They can't play... Georgia this weekend, so Bama would have the win. I think, yes, I think they would hop Texas. Oregon beating an undefeated Washington, which is currently Oregon's only loss, right, Andy? That's it, yeah. That's who they lost to. to. That would be the one that I don't know if Alabama could rise up above Oregon. They're two spots behind Oregon right now. Could Bama rise up above Oregon despite Oregon having their most impressive win and erasing their only blemish. I mean, I wonder the if they weekend. would I wonder if they would have to though cuz if Oregon wins they're in. If if let's assume Michigan wins in this scenario, they're in too. Okay, I know where you're you're heading with this. Do you think Georgia drops out? Look, if there are undefeated conference champ if there's two undefeated conference champs there, there are a couple of one losses. I think it's really tough to put a one-loss non-conference champ in, even if it's Georgia, even if it's Michigan, too. Like I I think it would be tough this year to do that. I don't think you can put Georgia in over Alabama if Alabama beats Georgia, but I could see Michigan number one. Yeah. Who would be number two? I like, mean, I I could see probably a Oregon, like, it, or or maybe if Florida State wins it, then they're probably in too. Yeah, I, I think not as many teams need to even lose as Mady said in right. order for that to happen. But I could see both Georgia and Alabama being the three and the four yeah. in some order if there's a little bit of chaos around it. Yeah. Interesting question though, Mady. Yeah, eight seven five K T G R. Keep getting your questions in and let us know who you want to see uh, for Mizzou's bowl game. Coming up later on this winter, 875-5847 to call or text us. We have a lot to get to there. We will get to some Chiefs talk after their big win over the Raiders and the big signing that the Cardinals made today. Pitching rotation looking a little more set. Is it completely set? 
We'll talk about that at 545 on the Big You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Not that could happen here between now and Sunday when the final CFP rankings get released. I need a whole flow chart on on I'm going to Walmart buy some poster board. Like I need yeah. I'm gonna be that guy from it's be Charlie sunny, like, Charlie Day, yeah. Writing out the scenarios. That's how I feel right Over now. Over the break, y'all were talking about this. it like that. Yeah. Just I going mean, crazy. Like you were finding the, the Zodiac time. killer. I yeah, think it would be a right little now. more beneficial to Mizzou solidifying the CFP spot if Florida State is your ACC winner, but that's I don't know, that's just me, I suppose. My hypothesis um, logically is that it doesn't matter who wins the ACC, but I, I need the poster board to sort that out. I'll have an answer for you by tomorrow. Because I'll probably spend the next but again, hours like trying it's, to figure it out. It's tough. I, I I think it could still take up an at-large that Mizzou would otherwise be a little bit more available to and if, I'm not, if Florida and I, State I is taking up one of those. So it's we have to wait on this. We have to wait till yeah. tomorrow when we have because I haven't done all the all the machinations yet. Sure, but I'm going to. Well, we'll and see. we have to talk about the Chiefs. We do have to talk about <laughs> the Chiefs, the I suppose. <laughs> In a game that, uh, let, let, let me just pull up the text chain because I know that it was, it oh, yeah, was it hot was and there. heavy around, uh, well, about 25, 26 hours ago when the Chiefs were down 14 nothing early that was bad. in Vegas. That was bad. Those were hard times. Um, <laughs> uh, it started with Chris, I believe. It is over. The Chiefs are done at 3.33 yesterday. They'll win this game. Then you say, Brendan, they'll win this game probably, but they're not bleeping covering. That was pathetic. <laughs> because that's all I wanted was the cover. Yeah, right. Josh you just Jacobs, wanted the cover. When Josh Jacobs were in for like 60 yards untouched, I thought they're not covering. And I needed that from Chris. Mr. Jacobs. Thank Chris. you, buddy. <laughs> oh, you did? Yes, so I needed that. You were happy to see it. Uh, I, hey, I liked it, too. I was fine with it. Um, what? You guys were both celebrating the Chiefs going down 15 nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. What is going on here? My fantasy team needed it. Chris, w- Chris was doing it because then he could send this text right afterward. It'll never happen because they're too chicken bleep, but if this keeps up, Reed has to go. Winning his head coach in Chiefs history now, by the way. Winning his head coach. After that win, he has the most wins in Chiefs history. But you know what? Okay. Kick him to the side. And then what did I say yeah. to that from Chris? I said, this is so bad. The past defense is getting diced by Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. All caps yep. spelled wrong. They were. I was upset. They were, by the way. And they were. And part of that is to, I think you credit Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams for those first couple of drives. They just kept running slants, and they caught contested balls. Like, I don't think the corners were pressing up as much as they needed to to defend that strategy. Although, what is Aiden O'Connell going to do to you? Go deep on you? No. You no. know they're going to be working the short passing game and getting the ball to their playmakers on the outside. But nevertheless, it ultimately settled down. I thought when the Raiders went for, uh, they go for a field goal at one point instead yeah. of just going for a fourth, fourth and, one, and one near the red zone, too. They missed the field goal, the chip shot. I felt like that was a, a moment where the Chiefs were, were given a little bit of an opening uh, because that should have been probably an additional touchdown that the Raiders didn't have. But finally, the Chiefs scored a point in the second half. That hadn't happened, right? So yeah, like m- you take- more than a month. You take the wins where you get them, and and they do. They cover the spread. Like 31-17, if we had said, guys, that was going to be the score, I don't think anybody would have been too surprised pregame, but the way it happened was maybe a little bit unsuspecting. (laughs) I think after it got 14-0, Brendan finally texted, okay, yeah, they might lose. 
Because <laughs> you were trying see to see the bright side. You're like, well, they'll probably still win, but they won't cover, so I won't be as happy. And then you're saying, oh, yeah, they might lose. Yeah. <laughs> After 14 nothing. But, hey, you know what? Rasheed Rice showed up. Travis Kelsey, I think more importantly, showed up in this game. There were some big plays made, and uh, the the Chiefs' offense finally kicked into high gear a little bit, which is what we had been waiting for for so long. And look, it was against the Raiders, right? I get it? But the Raiders have been a better team since they got rid of Josh McDaniels, right? A much better team since that coaching change, and not to mention specifically a pretty good pass defense all year long. Mm-hmm. Like on the year coming in, I think they were eleventh in pass defense, and Patrick Mahomes goes. 298 and two with no interceptions. So that's a solid day. It's maybe not the gaudy numbers that, but I think he cleared his passing total if you bet on him and things like that. So solid enough effort. It just was a little disjointed at the beginning, but I thought that was more about the defense, just not recognizing, look, we just got to stop the short stuff and stop the run. And they probably, there's not a lot Aiden O'Connell is going to be able to do to you. And that's the way it ultimately played out. They got the pressure they needed and they were able to roll in the second half. But it was scary at the beginning, and I yeah. was thinking they weren't going to cover. No, I understand. And, and, and eventually, they, they got the plays that they needed. Defensive stops. There could have been a backdoor situation for uh, for the Raiders, so the defense ha- held up in the moments that they did for those Did you see that fourth and whatever attempt on like the 20-yard line? Oh, yeah. It was cute. It was, it was cute. What? It was very, very weak. <laughs> weak? I He took the ball like five yards behind yeah. like the line of scrimmage. I loved it. Why, why did they call it? Why did they? I'm still thinking. Why did they do that? Well, yeah, going for it, they had to. But I know that, that much. Call, but uh, no, I understand. Not. That was kind of the, the moment for the cover. Which, like again, I think the, the Chiefs were my only team that was not SEC that I had in picks of the week this week. Like I went heavy on some of those SEC games. Worked out for Kentucky, not so much for Florida. But I needed a little bit of a boost there from the NFL, and the Chiefs uh, ultimately provided it. All's well that ends well. Uh, they beat them by two touchdowns. We're good. Everything's good here. We're all good. Later in the season, there might be some tougher games than the Raiders, but I don't know. That's fine. I'm, I'm not going to think well, about I think, that right uh, now. Maybe this next one against the Packers, this that Lambo, stinks, it's still kind of... the Raiders stink more. I'm going to probably talk myself into the Chiefs by a lot against the okay. Packers, who all are right. probably going to have a... A little bit of a come down sure? party from their Lions win. Yeah, they shouldn't have beat my Lions, but whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll see. That's coming up on Sunday Night Football this weekend. 875-KTGR to tell us your thoughts on the Chiefs. And who do you want to see Mizzou play in the bowl game? Tell us that, too, at 875-KTGR. The Cardinals made a big free agent pitcher signing today. Does that mean the rotation's set? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Keep getting your uh, thoughts in, 875-KTGR, on where you want Mizzou to play in a bowl game and against who. 875-5847. Got a lot of uh, texts here. Greg texting in. Don't want Texas. Already seen it and going to see moving forward also. He put Penn State first, Ohio State second, Tulane third. If Iowa beats Michigan, that doesn't matter because the world's coming to an end and there wouldn't be a bowl season anyway. I think that's, I think true. that's a yeah. great point. Armageddon, that's true regardless. Armageddon surely would happen. The only way Iowa in that 13 points per game they've been scoring <laughs> since uh, the beginning of October, which, by the way, they they barely beat Nebraska. There was a moment in this game that the over-under, Andy, we kind of haven't talked about it in recent weeks. It's down. It was down to 24-and-a-half, and I finally said, okay, I'm taking the over on this because there's just oh, no way no. 
And the the only reason I think it didn't happen was the referees. There was 12 seconds of real lifetime that didn't go off the game clock with under two minutes. That they just they never they never did anything about it. The game kept going on. The TV broadcast said, "Oh, the clock should have been running." 12 seconds, and of course they end up kicking a field goal with you know three seconds left. Uh, and, and had it gone to overtime, they probably both kick field goals and it goes over. That's my thought process with that. But anyway, Iowa beating Michigan would take like the Dark Knight Bane coming out and you know bombing the football field or something like happened in that movie. Yeah, there's there's no other way for Iowa to beat Michigan, so I'm not that worried about it. But I'm a little worried about it just because if if it feels like man at the end of a great season for Mizzou, if there's a way for it to go south. What if that ends up finding its way to fruition? But I think well, hey, look, you're pretty safe. Here's what you do. You just root for Texas to win their game first against Oklahoma State because that'll be earlier in the day on Saturday. So if oh, Texas okay. wins, like it, then you don't even have to worry about Michigan beating Iowa. That, like, Mizzou would be in a New Year's Six if Texas just takes care of business in their end. And that's 11 a.m. Okay, and, perfect. Yeah, 11 a.m. So And then Big Ten's later that night. So you can, you can then root for the uh, doomsday scenario uh, at that point if you really want to. What would the score have to be for Iowa to be Michigan? It'd have to be three like, yeah. nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Their three is not even nothing. that good though. <laughs> That's two, to nothing, two to nothing. Two to nothing would have to be <laughs> five to two. Uh, five oh to two. I like five two. That'd be I like fantastic. Good, I got. I like a good That's little you know football Wednesday, right there. Wednesday afternoon matinee baseball game yeah. score. I like that. Iowa Cubs really taking it to oh, what's man. the Michigan affiliate? Speaking of there Wednesday afternoon matinee baseball. That's where you're going to see Sunny Gray very soon. Oh, look at that. Very Stadium. Very soon. That? that was so smooth. We did um, it. Here's, here's the thing. I I don't know how you feel, Brendan, but I think if you're a Cardinals fan and you're complaining about this today, then there's nothing that will please you. Like, I oh, just, yes, there is. I don't think there that. is one thing that will please him. <laughs> what? And and he's got the initials of why why okay uh, okay I, I think I suppose. that's what this is I think some Cardinals fans got their hopes up on Yamamoto because of the Lars Newtbar connection because of some of the things John Mozeliak said last week about you know be, he was asked a lot of questions about Yoshinobu Yamamoto the 25 year old presumptive ace that when he comes over to MLB he's going to be great yeah um, Cardinals fans kind of I think got their hopes up that maybe the Cardinals would surprise people and and try to make a run at him because of the connection with his good buddy Lars Newpar. And signing Sonny Gray to a three-year deal with, with $25 million per year as the average annual value of that contract should take the Cardinals out of the running for another such big free agent contract. I would be stunned if Yamamoto were in the cards at this point. And so that, I think, is the realization. Andy, I said all along, I think you were on board with this, that Sonny Gray would be who the Cardinals would sign as yeah. their most likely marquee big ticket item whether you think that Sonny Gray counts as a big ticket item is I guess up for interpretation and some Cardinals fans probably look at the rotation now and they say no I don't think that counts because they need more but I guess if you're a Cardinals fan that's unhappy with it you know you're holding out hope that they're going to make a trade because there's still room to do that in budget wise, they spend twenty five million on Gray. I think twenty three. Great, by the way. On the, I think it's a good value. He had yeah. a two seven nine ERA last year, one hundred eighty innings, one hundred eighty strikeouts. Like, even if he pitched over his head a little bit, he's still a solid number two. Now yeah. the concern is, do you have a legit number one? Maybe you don't. Uh, if some of these guys regress a little bit, right? And that would be the, that would be the problem. Is you still feel like the Cardinals are lacking that high end ace caliber bonafide, but. 
There's some rumors out there that maybe they look to move Steven Matz, and if they can move Steven Matz to open up another rotation spot and they would presumably move some money, they wouldn't have to eat the entire Matz contract. Does that make them even more comfortable with going after like a Tyler Glass now? Because that's a great example. Now that you have the innings, you sign three guys who, whether you think that their ERAs are sterling or not, they threw 180-plus innings last year, all three of them. So the innings crisis that the Cardinals talked about at the beginning of the winter, that's gone. There's no more crisis. Now you can afford to be a little selective and say, can we find a way through trade to land a high-octane arm who maybe has been injured in the past like a Tyler Glass now, but man, when he's out there, he's striking out a bunch of dudes. I think there's room for that, but how how much do you trust Mosellock to find the puzzle pieces that go together to make what I would consider to be a complicated trade or series of trades the, usually the simplest solution is where you land, and that's kind of where the Cardinals have come through on this. I, think. I don't know if this is more possible now. I know his name was thrown out at the trade deadline, so that's kind of why I think of it, but I would maybe like Logan Gilbert better. Oh, it would be fantastic. Like, right? Yeah, if you can yeah, if it, you can muscle him away from Seattle, I suppose that would be harder to do. The problem is it would be hard to do because they have no incentive to trade the yeah. – now, they want offense, and you have that to offer if you're the Cardinals. But do. Gilbert is a is a top-line guy with lots of years of control left. So if you start with saying, hey, Mariners, you can have your choice of Gorman or Brendan Donovan, which we could spend two hours talking about, maybe more, yeah. which is the more viable trade piece, you could give them their pick, and then it's still probably going to take a good amount of young pitching prospects – and not like volume, but like Tink Hens and Graceffo. And like you're going to have to really sell out. And yeah. that's just not been the Cardinals' style. Post-Ozuna trade, they've never gone all in on one deal and said, screw the repercussions, we're going to make it happen. And that one kind of didn't go their way. So I think that maybe it's going to be tough to to find them doing it again, I guess is where yeah, I Yeah, I mean, it, the injury concern for me is is where I have with Glass now. But he would be excellent. I, I think he would, if you have a chance to do it, I think it's worth the, the shot. So we'll see if that is the end of the Cardinals adding to their rotation or if they are still wanting to make some more moves. Bottom line, Sonny Gray, I think that's a pretty solid choice uh, at a pretty solid market rate, too, I would think, uh, for that deal. Thanks for joining us on a busy Monday. We'll be back for a busy Tuesday tomorrow with Will Carroll, the injury expert, and we'll keep going through the college football playoff scenarios as well. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. Chiefs Kingdom show next here on KTGR. KTGR.